0: So so very exciting. And one of the organizations that we are partnered with in ministry is Apple of His Eye charity, and many of you are familiar with Apple of his Eye. And they have a work in Rwanda as well as in India. And we have with us one of Apple of His Eyes partners uh, from Rwanda. And so I want you to give a warm hillside welcome as Pastor Emmanuel is going to come, and he is going to share about the work in Rwanda. Pastor Emmanuel. It is a delight It is a delight to know you. I just recently met you. I am thrilled to sense the very presence of the Spirit of God in you it is so delightful. Please share with us what God has laid on your heart, testimony, and from, from there as the Lord would lead. Yesu ashimwe.
1: You're going to have to repeat after me, okay? Yesu ashimwe. So now you can speak in Rwanda. so there's no, no barrier language so you you are welcome in Rwanda (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad to be here this morning and uh, thank you Pastor Dave for uh, the warm welcome I'm from Rwanda Rwanda is uh, a small country in Central East Africa Um, well known uh, in our days by uh, the horrible uh, situation we have experienced in 1994 when uh, the genocide uh, against the Tutsi uh, happened um, in that time, uh, we, we saw like the whole world closed to this little country where we felt really abandoned when the genocide happened. We lost over than one million people in just 100 days, um, and uh, I lost 35 um, relatives, close relatives, my brothers and sisters, my, you know, uncles and cousins, and so I, I'm really thankful to be here because uh, so that is uh, the picture of my family. That is before the, the genocide. Uh, on that picture, there are just two people who survived. Um, so it's just my mom who's on, uh, on third. Uh, when you go from uh, from the right, so the third uh, in the middle, that is my mom who survived, and then my sister-in-law, because um, she was from Switzerland, um, she was not there. Um, so. Uh, Surviving the genocide, uh, it was uh, God' grace because two weeks before the genocide, I was there. Uh, I came because I was going to school in uh, Congo, Kinshasa. Then I came back for, like other students for a short vacation. And when I got there, my brother, who was working with the United Nations at the time, he, said, uh, he asked me a strange question. He said, why are you coming right now? And, and I was surprised. I knew that there were some issues, but I didn't know that uh, the whole you know, genocide was well planned by the former government to kill each one who belonged to the Tutsi tribe. So we have three tribes in our country. We have Hutu, who are a majority. We have Tutsi, who are minorities, and I belong to that minorities. And then the pygmy the Tua, I could call Pygmies, but the Tua, Uh, just like 0.27%. So the majority were looking to exterminate the minority because they were saying that we don't belong to that country. (laughs) Actually, when they were killing people, they were saying we need to go to Abyssinia. Abyssinia is in Ethiopia. And they were saying that we need to go back there um, either way, live or dead. So we have to to go back there. (laughs) So uh, just a little background history uh, from uh, what happened in 1994. So um, surviving the genocide was just a miracle um, because, as I said, two weeks I was there, and there were roadbrokers um, when they started just taking Tutsis families from uh, all uh, the country, and they were just placing, like in... Uh, Commune place like a stadium where they just group all the tortures in those stadium and then um, keep them uh, once and then they tried, tried to hide uh, to the international opinion to not see it so they were just uh, using some strategies just dark strategies to bury them somewhere still alive they bury them in this whole commune and they use these caterpillar caterpillar machines to just cover them, to hide uh, from the international opinion. So um, it's it's a long story, but uh, when I was there, my brother said, you know, why are you coming right now? And I said, I just came for for the short vacation. I got a student. And then uh, I said, yeah, um, he came to pick me up to the airport because he was driving a U.N. car. Otherwise, he couldn't even come. So, and uh, I asked the question, why are you asking me such a question, he said, just be calm. I'll explain to you when we we get home. So he drove home. When we got there, he said, you know, even for us, we don't know if tomorrow we're going to survive. So you need to, next day, take, you know, I had the round trip ticket um, going back to Congo. And the next day he said, you know, because it was getting intense, he said, I want um, to ask one of my friends who was from France, who was his colleague. He said, you know, if would you willing to take uh, Emmanuel back because uh, uh, I don't want to risk our life together. So, And the guy said, yeah, I can take him to the airport. He was from France driving a U.N. car, so the U.N. car were allowed to move around the city. So he took me in the morning, go back to the airport. When I reached the airport, um, French troops were just right there controlling uh, in our national identification card, it was written which tribe we belong to. So if you are Hutu, it was written Hutu, Tutsi, and Twa. So that was the shortcut to identify who going to be killed and how they can just identify them. So when I got to the airport, they said, uh, present your ID. And uh, just uh, innocently, I reached in my... my Short pocket, the first ID came was my student ID from Congo. So, for somehow and some reason, just God blinded this uh, French troop who was just uh, at uh, the customer. They saw my student ID. They said, Oh, you you Congolese. You can leave. And that's how um, I escaped uh, that. Uh, God leading miraculously. I was the only passenger. From Kigali, Kigali is the capital of Rwanda, to Goma, the neighbor city from Congo, Kinshasa. And then from Goma to Kinshasa, I was the only passenger in that airplane. So God provided miraculously by his grace. So, amen. <laughs> amen. Uh, I'm going to have to cut short because <laughs> we have... Uh, I have a long, long, long story and long, uh, long testimony. But when I got to Congo, Kinshasa, um, I tried just to call uh, my brothers and my sisters and my family. And no one could answer the phone. So we had to see all those events happening on the TV and the way they were taking people and the way they were killing them. And I try, I make the really efforts to call. And no one was answering. And I knew that uh, everyone was taken and they were killed. So in 1996, uh, in before um, April, I think one month before April was, uh, I think, in March, we had uh, um, a conference, um, pastoral conference. So when I was there, I was a youth pastor, even uh, when I was attending um, uh, the college. I was a youth pastor, and then I attended this conference. And one pastor uh, came to me, but um, bear with me. I want to come back a little bit back. I was uh, saved when I was 17, uh, raised in Roman Catholic uh, family background. And um, God did really did something. I had to lie to my parents. That I was sick because we were going to, to the church, uh, to the Roman Catholic Church, uh, and it was just uh, like a routine. Never had uh, an opportunity to have a Bible, to read the Bible uh, for myself. So when we were passing by uh, uh, um, our house and going to, to, the, uh, to the church, there was, there was a church, um, it's a Pentecostal church, and when we were passing passing by they were just shouting and praising and 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 then i i said you know i was curious to to go there and um so that way when i had to lie to my parents that i was sick and i said you know i i asked to uh, the guy who was uh, was a, was helping as a servant who was helping um you know in our family we had someone like that and uh, and i said Tell to my parents that I'm sick, so I don't want to go to the church. I, I need to go, and just don't tell them that you know I, I'm lying. But and uh, so when my parents just get ready to to go to the to the church, and um, the guy say, you know, uh, Emmanuel is sick, he's not ready to go to church today, and uh, and, and then my parents, because I'm a, I was the the last the last born, and when you are the last born. Uh, I don't know here, but uh, in my country, you're very spoiled. And everyone is just <laughs> looking to you. <laughs> so, um, and then uh, um, everyone was just, uh, you know, uh, uh, pay attention and say, oh, yeah, I need to take care of him. And and then the guy said, yeah, yeah, I'm going to take care of him. And then when they left, and he came and said, you know, they, they're already gone. So, and then I get ready and then go to that church. I went to that church. And when I got there, it was just completely different. I saw people shouting, I saw people praising, I saw people jumping, and 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 the worship and the service and everyone with the Bible, and it was just exciting to to be there at that moment. And I said, God, this is different. This is the place where I should be. And then uh, the pastor preached, and when he preached the gospel, I felt that he's just talking about me and. This is my first time to be there, and how this guy can just talk about myself and then, and I was just just you know confused and <laughs> and excited at the same time, and then uh, I decided to come back the next week, and I said, I need to check if this is the truth because I couldn't believe this guy is preaching the gospel and talking about me, and i never I never talked to him and then next next week I came, I did the same thing, I lied again and i I repented. I repented. <laughs> then um, then I, I went back. When I get there, you know, the pastor really preached the gospel. And, uh, uh, and the, the, the first time I came, and he said, uh, um, for someone who wants to respond, we will give, you know, um, opportunity to come forward. So I didn't go the first time, even if I, I was just burning in my inside. So the second time, you know, when I went back, he, I, I, I couldn't even believe that he's going to finish because I was just ready to run and be there. And so when he just did the outcall and I, I say, you know, I just want to give my life to Jesus. And that's when I did really he accepted Jesus as my Savior and Lord when I was 17. <laughs> Amen. And since, since that time, I never regret to have Jesus as my Savior and Lord. And he has been faithful. Our Lord is faithful. Amen. So, in 1996, um, attending this conference, uh, pastoral conference as a youth pastor, one pastor came to me, said, uh, are you Pastor Emmanuel? And I was just, yeah, I am. And then he said, uh, um, I got a message for you. And I was, I was curious. And he said, um, you need to go back in your country because God wants you there. Yeah, just imagine, you know, this is just uh, two years after the genocide. And he's, this is a pastor, a strange pastor, telling me to go back where I was born and I knew that I lost every. I didn't even know at that time that my mom survived. So he said, you need to go back. And I say, "I asked a question. I said, do you know what happened in Rwanda? And he said, yes. And I asked a second question. I said, do you know what happened to my family? And he said, no. And I said, thank you for the message, but I'm not going to take it. Then, uh, you know, I just I, I didn't want to take it in. That, that was the – I was – lost, you know. I was just thinking about losing my family, and here a pastor coming to me asking me to go where I lost everything, and I couldn't believe that it's it's coming from God, and then I just, you know, refused to take it in, and then uh, just continue um, to work because I had the work to do, and uh, uh, two, two, uh, I think two weeks after that, another pastor came from, uh, from the south. He's called the Rubumba. She's near uh, um, uh, South Africa. Uh, it's the border of, uh, you know, Congo, Kishina, and South Africa. And they came, especially for giving me the same message. When he started telling me that I need to go back, and I said, I just laughed. And I said, are you just a relative to one pastor who came to me and <laughs> asking me to go back where I was born? and uh, And they said, uh, what are you talking about? And I said, yeah. And a a pastor, when we were attending this conference, he's asking me to go back in Rwanda. And he said, exactly. This is your message. You can take it or refuse it. It's up to you. Then uh, I couldn't respond uh, to that message. But I was just wondering, what is happening here? What God is saying? And then by God's grace, uh, I took three days and praying and fasting and I just wanted to know that this is really coming from God. And after the the third day, it was clear in my mind uh, that I needed to leave my job, leave everything there in Congo and go back in Rwanda. And I went there. When I got there, it was, uh, you can imagine, it was It was terrifying. It was uh, was horrible. Uh, There were skeletons on the road. Um, It was still dark. You know, this is two years after the genocide, and uh, and I was just asking why, why am I here, why you ask me to come in this this country where I lost everything. And then um, when I was just going around to see where my brothers and sisters were living, and houses were empty and and then um, on the street, I saw kids, kid, helpless, hopeless, running and surviving to get help, to get a meal. And then um, James uh, first 27, came alive. And I, I heard that, like, like an audible voice telling me that uh, this is what Jesus wants me to do. If, you know, James first said, uh, um, you have to visit the true religion that please God is this, to visit orphans and the widows in the distress and not being corrupted by the world. So that came alive when I saw these nine orphans coming to me and that's how God put the vision of uh, ERM Rwanda in my life. ERM Rwanda stand by equipping, restoring, and multiplying, right? That is what we are in Rwanda. Here we call the Rwanda Rise, but uh, it's just same vision. So then I started questioning myself. I just came. I'm lost. I don't have any house. So God, you're showing me this often. How am I going to do this? You know, um, <laughs> I just want to tell you when it's God business, is uh, God. He show, He show up, and He will. He, sh- he said, you know, don't worry about that. Widows, lost kids, husband, orphans, lost parents, relatives. So you need to bring them together. Orphans and the widows in one roof, and then I will supply. Amen. And that's how we started the ministry in Rwanda, and uh, we saw uh, God move. We saw God blessings among these orphans and the widows, and um, so the hope um, for the hopeless come alive. And we started the ministry um, because God calling. Have been really um, very very sensitive, and you can see uh, those key. Those are just few of them, <laughs> uh, but they are smiling, and they they have hope because God cares. And that's how we really, you know, we were wandering and trying to do everything at the same time. But we, I just want you to tell you that we are pleased to have up um, of his eyes, coming along and supporting the ministry of these orphans. Uh, because now uh, what I do uh, with our ministry is to help more uh, youth who have been lost. You know, uh, we call them a lost generation because no parent, no relative to send them to school. So we started a vocational training center where we can just, equip them in a way that uh, they can provide for themselves, bring back the dignity they lost, and have uh, to participate in just rebuilding, you know, the community they are living in. So we are focusing on those uh, youth, but uh, we are glad to have like uh, jump jumping and helping those orphans, because those are the consequences from the genocide. So we want to uh, please God. And uh, um, that's how yes, yes. <laughs> so when, I, when I, I'm I, glad she's my, she she's my sister, she knows all the you know <laughs> so when, uh, mm, when I got these nine orphans, and I placed them in this uh, uh, a widow's family, and I, I was really excited to go when I was born in the South. Is called uh, in Butare, that is uh, the second uh, actually town in in the country. So I went there. Just I didn't know that my mom survived, but I went there to see if I can find other orphans or other relatives who survived the genocide. So I went there and just round, and then uh, when I got there, to the how the house was destroyed, and uh, I just went around and then just. Just like that, I saw my mom um, coming, and um, she was um, she was traumatized because when they killed uh, my family, she was standing by. They said, uh, "We we're not gonna kill you because you you're too old. And we cannot kill you, but you're gonna die surely from what you're seeing." So she was traumatized when they were killing my brothers and sisters. Uh, Nephew. she was just standing by so um then uh she i saw her and uh it was it was tough it was really hard you know if you imagine seeing your own mom and she cannot even recognize you because she was traumatized she couldn't really um so God provided and I uh, had to get the job from uh u n and uh Again, U.N., <laughs> yeah, um, I got the job, and it was just uh, a way got work out, um, got this job with U.N., and worked with them for five years. This is a corrupted system. I cannot uh, really be ashamed to tell you I've been there for five years. I know what I'm talking about. It's a corrupted system. They don't do any good, you know. Um, so, but... I had that opportunity to work with them to provide for, because that's how I was able to supply for the orphans and the widows. Um, So see my mom, and then um, being traumatized, I had to take care of her. We took her in Switzerland, in Geneva, because uh, my sister-in-law, she was still there. But also in Rwanda at that time, we didn't have any trauma treatment in Rwanda. Every, every doctor who was there, uh, most of them were killed. So he went there, and then um, after six months, she asked me that she want to come back. I didn't want her to come back, but she said, I need to come back. You know, the climate is completely different. You know, it's cold, and I cannot really handle this, uh, this climate. And then she came back, and actually among the nine orphans that we started the ministry, three of them, she took care of of them so um uh, louis and uh uh, renee and so those they were yes Um, so it it is um it is a blessing to serve our master and i just want to uh, i'm not preaching I'm just holding myself here, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 I believe I will have the opportunity to preach. So, this is the beginning. So, uh, I just want to tell you, uh, brothers and sisters, uh, we, we, we are just one by the blood of Jesus. You are the hands and feet of Jesus. If we really want to please God, let's serve those orphans and the widows. And not, uh, don't forget that, not being corrupted by the world because the corruption is it's getting too much. But we have a safe place because the Savior is taking us in his wings and we are protected. May God bless you.
0: I know you want him to preach. <laughs>
1: I will be coming
0: <laughs> will be He will be coming back. back. <laughs> um, we have an opportunity to uh, continue to believe God for the work that is being accomplished in Rwanda uh, through R- Rwanda RiSE and ERM, uh, Rwanda. Uh, through Apple of His Eye Charity, and they are in the process of remodeling a chapel. Yes. And um, so they're raising funds for that. And so we're going to be giving more information about that. I do believe that uh, a congregation like ours is in a position to raise all of the dollars that are needed. I mean, it's the simplicity of 20... They've raised 15000 already, and it's only 35000 I think, that needs to be raised, so it's another $20,000. And so, to me, that's... Um, Honestly, I believe in the house we could probably do that. And so that being said, we'll, we'll, we'll be giving more information on that in the days ahead. Um, there are orphans uh, that need sponsorship. Yes. And through Apple of His Eye Charity, you can become a sponsor of children. And you you can hear more of that through both uh, TJ and Megan um, and Apple of His Eye. Um, we, I know our family, uh, the totality of our family. I don't know how many kids our entire family is supporting right now, but I know Kim and I support. Well, honestly, if you see the video, you'll think it's just Kim supporting them. <laughs> 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 but I'm in there somewhere. <laughs> yes. um, but I say that simply to say um, everything we do is an exercise of faith everything that we have received is an extension of god's grace in our lives and we get to be the hands and feet and the extension of god's grace to not only a nation but a group of people that have been completely destroyed and we are assisting in putting hope within reach Chris, I'm capitalizing off of uh, Teen Challenge, yeah. <laughs> but putting but putting hope within reach, and that is that is that is what we do. It's the kingdom, it's the kingdom. And so, will you will you pray with me for Pastor Emmanuel and the work that he is doing? Uh, they have uh, Rwanda Rise is a, is actually headquartered in uh, Edmonds, Washington. Uh, Pastor Emmanuel uh, works actually in Texas. But his life goal is to get back to, and I think I'm speaking accurately, but would be to get back to Rwanda full-time and to be there. And so the ministry is vibrant and working, and there are people, boots on the ground. Please, please. And we can plant churches. churches. So hillside Rwanda. (laughs) (laughs) Amen, amen, amen. I like it. I like it. (laughs) Praise Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Will you pray with me this morning? Will you exercise faith with me this morning? And let's believe God for his work. Hallelujah. Father, we come to you. And Lord, we were humbled, Lord, by even hearing of such devastation and loss. Insurmountable to even... Try and cognizantly imagine what transpired in those 100 days. Father, we are praying for the children, those young adults. And Lord, we are asking that as the gospel goes forth, that lives would be transformed by the message. And that, Lord, we would be putting within reach lord the ability to be educated the ability to have sustenance by food to be vocationally trained so that there could be the rebuilding of a nation from within and from within the kingdom and so god would you help would you bless would you speak to our hearts as a congregation and how we could love and support and strengthen and so, Lord, we commit these things to you. We thank you for our dear brother Emmanuel, and thank you, Lord, for the relationship amen. that is beginning. Amen. And so, God, be glorified. We love you, we praise you, and we amen. thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And all God's people said amen. 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 Brother, give me a hug. Yeah. All right. Praise, praise the Lord. Amen. God is good. God is good. Amen, amen. 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 What time is it? <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. Please write this down. Memorize it. Believe it. And stand upon it. All of the promises of God are in Him. Yes, and in him, amen. All of the promises are in him. That's Jesus. Yes, and amen. The totality of the Old Testament is, if I can say it this way, no, I won't even say it that way, is filled with promises. For example, in Exodus, the 15th chapter, And the 26th verse. God said to the children of Israel, when they had wandered three days into the wilderness of Shur, and there was no water, and they came upon the waters of Marah, and the waters were bitter, the people complained, and Moses prayed. God showed Moses a tree, and he put the tree in the water, and the bitter waters became sweet, and God established a statute, a regulation, an ordinance, a legal transaction that he was obligated to because of the covenant that he had made with Abraham. He says, I am putting my name on the line. He says these words in Exodus 15. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes, I... Will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. I am Jehovah Rapha. The diseases included all of what Deuteronomy chapter 28 declares. If you read the first portion of Deuteronomy chapter 28, you will see the blessings of the Lord and what it is to obey God and to receive the blessings that he has for us. He says, but to the children of Israel, if you don't heed and obey, these are the things that will come upon you. And he, it's a big list. And I am here to tell you, from sickness, swellings, expansions, things in lungs, tumors, it's it's enumerated. Here's the thing. None of us and none of them were capable to fulfill the if statement. If you will diligently heed the voice of the Lord if you will do what is right in his sight, if you will give ear to his commandments, if you will keep his statutes. He says, I will. But no one could. And so all of those things came upon them. But God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son Jesus. And Jesus fulfilled from Genesis all the way through Malachi every if statement given in the text. Every if statement in all of Scripture Jesus fulfilled. And so all of the promises that were made are in Him, yes. yes. So if you're in Jesus today, then all of the promises, the I will then, God's statements belong to you and me. Can I get an amen? amen. When you say amen, to understand the gravity and levity of what that statement envelops is massive it's massive isaiah the prophet said he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our sin was laid upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Period. Period. Galatians chapter 3, which I don't have time to preach this morning, so we're not going to. (laughs) Someone say amen. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you that in Galatians chapter 3, he says this about the Galatians, now, Galatia is a providence of central Turkey. Cities like Iconium, Lystra, Derby. Acts chapter 14 is Paul on his first missionary journey in Galatia. And he's writing this letter because after he preached the gospel there and left, some Jews came in from Antioch and gave wrong information. Anybody here ever get wrong information? He says this, Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect in the flesh? He says in verse 5, Therefore he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or of faith? Acts 14, verse 3 says this, Therefore they stayed there, Paul and his team, and it was Silas at this time. Paul and Silas, excuse me, Paul and Barnabas. It says, Therefore they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. God was affirming the word because he was doing miracles. And the miracles were being seen because faith was being exercised. When they get to Lystra, verse 8, it says, And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leapt and he walked. Let's go. Let's go. All of the promises of God are in him, yes, and in him, amen. By his stripes we are healed, period. I want to invite you on a journey of faith with me to believe God and to believe his word and to believe his promises, to know his promises, to lay claim to his promises, to hold fast to his promises, and to believe, to see miracles. Because the same spirit of God who was working in Iconium, the same spirit of God who is working in Lystra through the hands of the apostles and the disciples is the same God and the same spirit who works amongst the churches today. And he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or imagine. And the promises are ours in Christ Jesus. We need simply to believe. To believe. And I'm going to tell you this morning as we close, one of the most difficult things for you and I to overcome is our experience. I have 57 years of, well, 56 technically, in just a few short weeks it'll be 57. I have experience that the laws of this universe apply to me. And Jesus is inviting me into the kingdom where they no longer apply. I'm talking about the king who walked on water, mm-hmm. because he's not subject to gravity. Are you with me? Yeah. You say, well, P.D., are you going to walk on water? I'm not even suggesting that, unless I had to, right, you say, whoa, <laughs> that's, that's the that's the level of overcoming our mental frame to get to the point where, here in the core and the heart of who I am, that I believe what the Word of God says. Amen. To believe the Word. And I'm inviting you on the same journey I am on. And if you want to be on the journey to believe the Word of God, to believe the promises that are contained within the Word of God and to see the miraculous, not so that we can go, ooh, come look at us, but we want to evangelize our community, do we not? We want to see our community come to Jesus. We see a man lame from birth leap and walk, instant church growth. Are you with me? I mean, it's the real deal. It's the real deal. God will take care of him. God will take care. I'll, you just show up, and I will provide for you. I'll give you a plan. I'll show you the way, and I'll make things happen. And God makes things happen. He's God. Did he not speak the universe into existence? Did he not make all of the fish of the sea? That was his idea. The animals, the seeds in the ground, the trees, the plants, the bushes, the colors, the birds, humanity, the ability to see. (laughs) Here's one you're going to love because in just a little while you're going to experience your taste buds, (laughs) your digestive system, your cardiovascular system, the whole thing. That's his idea. He knows it all and he can fix it all. One word. He sent His Word and healed their disease. I'm going to invite you to stand with me this morning and join a journey in rediscovering the promises of God that are yes in Him and amen. I hope you wrote down Exodus 15, verse 26, and you can read the totality of the context of the chapter. I hope you wrote down Deuteronomy chapter 28. I hope you wrote down Isaiah 53. I hope you wrote down 2 Corinthians 1.20 because they're not on the screen because I will tell you this morning as I was reviewing my notes for Galatians chapter 3 that God said verse 5 is where we'll focus because I want to do a work in your people. And not my people, but I mean his people, the kingdom of God. I want to do a work. And so we're going to believe God again we're going to pray this morning in closing and we're going to believe god together can i get an amen, amen. and we're going to believe god for the impossible can i get an amen, amen. and we're going to believe god to help us right here move from our experience of things our experience of sickness our experience of disease our experience and all of our experience in maybe in the financial our experience god provided pastor emmanuel an airplane yeah. hello that's a big deal not only an airplane are you ready for this a taxi ride in a un vehicle to get to the airplane so that he could do what he's doing today in changing lives. What does he want to do in and through you and me? Come on. Father, in the name of your son Jesus, help us, Lord. As as Jesus spoke to the man, do you believe? And he says, I believe. Help me with my unbelief. Lord, that's our cry today. Help us with our unbelief. To move from mental assent. I know you say this, so I declare I believe it, but my experience just says, no, it's not going to happen. To where we would know that we know because God, you said, and your promises are good. Your promises are good. And you always are faithful. You always, your word does not return void. And so Lord, will you Help us grow faith, help us to believe, and that God, we would receive what you have for us in its totality. We love you, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said a hearty amen. Amen, amen, amen. Please, if you have a need and you want to be prayed for by faith, Our prayer team is standing right over here. They want to anoint you with oil. They want to pray a prayer of faith and believe God for the miracles in your life. God bless you. Have an amazing week in Jesus.